listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And we are heading towards holiday gifting season. And if you are someone that is interested in having your product featured on Stephanie's Picks, which is on my Stephanie's Dish blog, I would love to talk with you about that. Um, basically, I am doing a gift guide and it includes some social media sharing, my gift guide, it goes out to a newsletter that I have. And it's just a way for you to get your products into the hands of people that love Minnesota and are interested in talking to and learning more stories about Minnesota makers. So you can find me at S Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, marketing at gmail.com if that's something that interests you. We are excited to be on the program today with Lost Capital Hot Sauces, um, Lost Capital Foods. You guys, I'm here with DJ and I'm here with Anastasia Bacchetti. And you guys are a married couple and you have a nine-month-old baby. So congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. How did you start Lost Capital and how do you work through, like, which of you has what role? Uh, I am mostly uh, production and sales. So go out, meet customers, handle farmer's markets, um, try to introduce our products to new like retail accounts and am responsible for uh, the lion's share of the kitchen work as well, like fermenting products and bottling. Yeah, that's for the best. I try and stay out of the kitchen. He's very much the creative <laughs> mind for that. I, uh, I mostly handle the paperwork and finances, uh, invoicing, things of that nature. And then, yeah, pretty much fill in anywhere he needs an extra set of hands whenever I can. How long have you guys been working on your business? So we started Lost Capital Foods out of our apartment in January of 2017. Uh, the original, uh, originally, we were working towards uh, raising money to start a brewery where we wanted to uh, go with a brew pub style where we did chicken wings and only a couple of taps of our beer, but we did all in-house sauces for those. So we were testing intellectual property at the Hopkins Farmer's Market. Uh, to see just if people got the naming conventions and the logos and uh, and one of our customers fell in love with one of the products, another bad investment. That was kind of our original hot sauce. Told us about Lakelands and about the Maker to Market program and was just really complimentary of a clean label product and told us about that Maker to Market competition and, and kind of went from there. So, um, But January of 2017, we started with Farmers Markets and that's when uh, the our third business partner, Nick, friend, had reached out to us with some work he was doing on our logos as well. Uh, and it kind of all came together with logo design shortly after that. Yeah, because your bottles are really uniquely designed. They're sort of kitschy. They have uh, really appealing graphics and the names of each of the versions of your sauces, too. Is that something that Nick works on from a design perspective? Yeah, from design perspective, yes, we kind of have table discussions about like we have fun with the naming conventions for sure, um, and then kind of come up with ideas for what I would like to see displayed. But some of the logo art, like uh, stuff like the pyramid scheme and the stacked piggy banks, like that, and he is able to interpret the kind of ideas we come up with on a bar napkin type of design into something really like graphic design worthy, something uh something. Adobe. When when you think about starting a hot sauce company, what was your experience before this that led you here? Um, I was uh, I was a 
cook, line cook, and then sous chef for a long time before going back to school to work in a hospital. Um, and avid home brewer. We had done a lot of home brewing uh, competitions as well and was working part-time at Midwest Brewing Supply in St. Louis Park just for the discount or to keep going with it. And had been making some of uh, versions of some of these recipes for the past decade. It was really when uh, working through some stuff with a coworker there at the homebrew shop kind of came into different ideas for how we could go about fermenting these recipes that really changed the product entirely. And that kind of opened the door to to move forward with something we thought was a a unique and worthy product. Anastasia, was it hard to get you on board in the running a company with your husband situation? (laughs) That's an excellent question. No, I kind of have always embraced letting him try hobbies and it started with home brewing and I really started to embrace that and I fell in love with the creative aspect of it to the point where I was brewing some of my own. With hot sauce, I was never a big hot sauce fan and it was always kind of an aversion to things that were overly vinegary. That actually presented a challenge for DJ in that he started creating sauces that were less vinegar forward and more pepper forward and it's to the point now where I put hot sauce on just about every dish. It's kind of finding which hot sauce it is that I want to add. And despite the fact that we have a fridge full of all kinds of hot sauce, not just our own, I do still find myself reaching for ours uh, just because it really does appeal to the things I like to eat. So um, no, early on, it started as a hobby. Had I known it was going to be like this, (laughs) I may have fought it a little bit more just because it's like, wow, now we've got this whole business. But This has been a wild adventure. It's been a lot of fun coming along for the ride. It's pretty cool, DJ, that you were able to take your hobby and turn it into a business, right? I mean, how much, when you started, did you have like an initial investment or did it just, did you stumble into it? Uh, I wouldn't say stumble. It was, uh, it wasn't stumble. We, I was moving forward with it very intentionally with the farmer's markets and stuff, but there was no startup capital for sure. It's like one of the other plays on the name. It's all been sweat equity. You'd say we started with a very small amount of money and have put more than 40 hours a week into it for three plus years now, but it was, it was all very intentional moving forward and it was seeing what we could build and knew that if, if it wasn't going to work, we would know early on. And it just kept, kind of growing on its own slowly, but we keep kind of building momentum and making progress and awesome things have just kept happening with the businesses we've gone. How did the Lakewinds Maker to Market program help you? Oh, it was a huge help. So when we were told by that customer who now is a friend to enter that competition, we kind of laughed it off like the name of the company's Lost Capital Foods and and deservingly so. We do all of these things that would hurt the bottom line of a product. They, these recipes were like designed with the mind of a home brewer. You can spend all of that time on a recipe and go through all these extra steps because you weren't worried about trying to make a buck on it in the end. You were just trying to make the, the best possible product for your um, for your tastes. And going along the process from maker to market uh, to get these emails every couple of weeks showing we were moving to the next step of that competition was just this like invigorating thing. And just that was the start really building this momentum that, you know, carried on into the business. We got some time in meetings to have consultations with a national marketing firm. We, we got Boland Group that was huge for us to help kind of reel in some things we were doing differently with each individual bottle and placement of important information on label design and stuff like that. Created, you know, trying to focus in and create a brand, something that was cohesive like that. Also, the first few months of, you know, for six months, we had an opportunity 
to have a trial shelf run at all three Lakeland stores and have their marketing team and help behind us to do that. And to know that you had a spot to start selling that product allows you to not worry so much about uh, the monetary risk in getting going and scaling your recipes and moving into a commercial kitchen in the first place. And then the Good Acre is, is instrumental as well. And we stayed working out of the Good Acre shared kitchen. They were such a huge, helpful piece of what became our business, kind of nurturing us along. It really is a kind of incubator for craft makers like us. And the introductions they've made to some local farms is kind of what has, you know, become a, uh, a staple piece of our business is trying to source ingredients locally that way. And they make all of those farm introductions for us. That's how we've met everyone. Yeah, Good Acre is a pretty amazing asset and resource in our community. Can you talk about, there's a lot of hot sauces on the market. Why are yours different or better, as it were? So I kind of started, I have high blood pressure. So we started replacing salty food with uh, acidic or spicy foods at some points. And Anastasia had mentioned she's not into vinegars much. So it was really trying to do something lower sodium, lower vinegar when we start, when I started making these sauces at home. Um, and that's kind of carried over into the business as well. We use a, we have a very patient fermentation technique. So we salt water, like brine ferment peppers for a lot longer than your average hot sauce company would. And then keep things raw. So keep them refrigerated at the markets, but then don't have to can or jar them. Don't have to boil, like pasteurize them in order to make them shelf stable. So I like the flavor of those those raw fermented peppers so much more than having to cook things down. And we don't use any refined sugar. We use local honey straight from uh, straight from beekeepers and use this in, such incredibly high quality peppers in, in the first place coming direct from farms like this. Um, I think the combination of the highest quality honey we can find and the highest quality peppers, and then a sauce that overall just tastes so fresh because it can stay refrigerated and get to the customer much shorter window of time than your average hot sauce. Anything you pick up by us at a store is likely to have been bottled and made within the you know two months before you found it. And that's not something that most people would expect from a hot sauce. A lot of the time you have no idea what your hot sauces were made. Yeah. And freshness, it's people talk about it, but then when you taste a product that really has been made within the last couple months, it's like, wow, this is so completely different. For you guys as a married couple, are you both working on this full time or does one of you have a job that is providing benefits? I continue to work uh, another job. So I work for a uh, Best Buy and I'm in finance, which helps with coming up with some of these fun names. So yeah, that I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that full time and this uh, part time to allow DJ to really spend that time in the kitchen that creating the delicious sauce. That's a very common sort of formula for couples that are in business together, because obviously medical benefits for a family would be about $1,400 a month. And for many folks, that's not able to um, be put together. But it also means that you're working probably 60 hours a week between your full-time job and your part-time job. Is that challenging with having a new baby? And have you guys had to redistribute equity of how you're doing things? Uh, redistribute? No, but it is certainly a challenge. Anastasia's putting in plenty of hours um, and doing everything with an infant <laughs> on her hip the whole time. It's incredible to watch. 
Yeah, it's definitely presented a fun challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I was on leave and got to bring him along to the kitchen to uh, just put labels on bottles. He seems to enjoy it, uh, our little one, and kind of goes along for the ride. He is super good and really just a relaxed about everything, which makes my life significantly easier. Other than that, I just, I give myself a lot of grace with that. And I just find a way to make things work. Fortunately, my job is uh, very generous in allowing me some flexibility with when I put in my eight hours during the day. So as long as I'm getting my time and my work done there, um, it it allows me to kind of pick things up and put things down, including the baby. <laughs> so, yeah. so I've been very lucky with all of that. And then absolutely DJ kicks in and we just kind of, yeah, we talk a lot about who's taking what part and doing what when and, and it works out. I love it. When you guys uh, think about Good Acre and how they've introduced you to farmers Can you talk a little bit about the space there? Because I don't think a lot of makers still know about the Good Acre. Yeah, I think uh, I think they probably don't. I try to I try to talk up the Good Acre every chance I get. So I'd love to. Um, Their Good Acre, uh, first and foremost, is like is a hub for local farms and restaurants and even the local public schools in St. Paul to be able to come up with better produce and to connect these kind of this underserved community to these smaller farms with this incredible quality produce. We're very fortunate to live in an area of the country that has such incredible farms like we do here. So there's a large warehouse space that's uh, that can be storage, but it's also where it's a loading dock for trucks to pull up and these farms to drop off their goods to be sorted for CSAs or for wholesale packaging that can then go off to these restaurants and to the schools. There's also a commercial kitchen that has some really nice equipment in it. Um, one side of it that can be shared by two different businesses at a time. You can go, uh, can re- feel free to reach out to me and I can connect you to anybody from the Good Acre to, to kind of help businesses get started in that way. But two businesses can uh, operate in the kitchen at a time. It's like uh, side A and side B. So you have halves of the kitchen. Um, one of them with a really nice oven that can steam and dehydrate and large steam jacketed kettle, which is been instrumental for us, even though we don't cook our products, just to have uh, pro- uh, equipment that large to be able to scale recipes goes a long way. Then at first, we kind of just started picking up whatever extra hours we can, and it's kind of grown into something where you can get stable, every week, reliable pigeon time there Well, if, if you have the need. So it, it kind of fits businesses on a bunch of different levels as far as like the business's size and, and actual like kitchen time needs. There's there's a lot to, that can be used there. And the staff is incredibly supportive along the way. You guys have, is it, I'm looking behind you because I'm on a Zoom call and you've got seven <laughs> bottles of sauces behind you. What's your best seller? And then what's your most unique? It sounds made up, but we don't really have a best seller. They all really sell kind of equally on their own. It's different month to month. The most unique, I think, is probably the gold digger sauce, which you had mentioned you had gotten. Uh, pretty recently. Mango habanero sounds like a pretty um, normal hot sauce style and that people are used to the kind of corn syrupy, thick, overly sweet products that you see at uh, the large chicken wing chain. This is a very different product in that in that it utilizes local ginger, which is a very kind of predominant flavor and very pungent flavor and, and very aromatic in that sauce. 
So it cuts a lot of the sweet that you're getting from the mango and from the local honey in that. It's it's a mango habanero sauce that you can really picture being whole ingredients, and that's not anything I had come across before. And local ginger, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Uh, yeah, we had teamed up with uh, we teamed up with Truth Juice in the North Loop, another fantastic company. We tr- if we like a business, we try to model ourselves after them and work with them in every capacity they'll let us we uh we sourced some juiced ginger organic ginger from truce juice in the north loop we've also teamed up uh, in some capacity with well-rooted teas uh, rachel was a guest of yours uh, yeah. earlier this year she uh uses the pulp of this incredible ginger for one of the teas she makes which i can't think of off the top of my head sorry rachel but we were able to get the juice from that so that way nothing goes to waste she gets the pulp we get the juice from that ginger uh, straight from a farm that she's friends with and it's, it's made the product so much better since since teaming up and, and using that higher quality ginger that way i love how holistic you guys are in helping other businesses <laughs> and other makers like yourselves where is the uh, is the best place to find your product at lake winds are people ordering it online do you have holiday ideas coming up for gift packs or well all of those so we do have a functioning web store we put a lot of time uh, into the website and had a lot of fun with with um our fake bios and stuff like that and some of the photos we have up on it lake winds all three lake winds co-ops of course uh shorewood liquors and excelsior has been instrumental in getting us started they made some of the initial networking connections for us that kind of helped us grow into what we are today minnesota street market up in st joseph the hyvee and robinsdale just picked us up that's our first hyvee that's a big deal for us harmony foods and bemidji valley natural foods we're doing uh, we're tabling at an event they have going on there tomorrow but they sell all seven of our hot sauces and the the pub mustard that we sell so that's a, that's a spot to find all of our products burning brothers brewery in saint paul built into the corner of their tap room what they're calling a brodega which is hilarious but they have a, a dedicated space for gluten-free foods and uh, a full shelf of local hot sauces from uh, not just us but you know the other well-known minnesota companies as well which is great and they carry everything we make and we've recently done something custom fermented hot sauces for them we've done that with a couple other breweries as well so if you're a craft beer fan there's a good chance to get to see our name popping up on menus around the state well you guys are great i really appreciate you being here today and talking about your business we have a lot of good hot sauce in our community so that we are able to have so many is awesome right this everybody thinks minnesota nice but we're actually minnesota spice yeah it's a tribute to the farms here i think too for sure yeah and the great product i would agree with that thank you for being our guests on makers in minnesota before we wrap up is there You've mentioned a couple of other companies that you like. Are there any other makers that you are really like admire or enamored with? Yeah, so so many. Um, as far as hot sauces go, uh, we kind of have just put together something that it's awesome that I get to talk about this. We just put together like a almost a hobby club. Like we're approaching it the way homebrewers clubs function in that people who are brewing, or in this case, makers can get together and uh, try each other's products, give each other tips and uh, and share some notes. We're calling it the Great North Sauce Makers. We're going to be meeting just by Zoom meetings until it's safe to, to kind of move on from there. But we have recently become a business that's being looked to for advice from people looking to start salsa and hot sauce companies. Even barbecue sauce makers have started reaching out to us for advice and kind of as a way to compile info on what their first step should be in trying to become a 
commercial business that way. Some of the other companies around town, I mean, what Crybaby Craig's has done with with his marketing and that sauce is incredible. Like uh, it's he's got such a reach, and he had worked. Uh, he was working to raise money for that same farm, Sogan Valley, that we were working on raising money for. Double Take uh, makes incredible salsa. I've bought that product a bunch of times, and I've heard them heard them on your show as well. Yep. they're doing awesome things, and with them being on Hot Ones as well, that's really helping put Minnesota on the map for hot sauces this way. It's sort of cool that you're viewing it from that holistic perspective, because in some respects, people might think it's super competitive. But yet what you're doing is saying like, this is like a craft product like beer or brewing where there's lots of varieties, lots of styles. And if we collaborate and share knowledge, we might all be more successful. It's like, I don't know, I've tried to use this analogy twice, and I never can remember it. But something about all the water rises all the boats uh, the way i look at it it's a, it's very much a we all do better when we all do better and we have tried to approach hot sauce the way breweries approach beer and it's fun to work with businesses that you respect and uh and the better the reputation for minnesota's hot sauce and spicy food community of course uh, that helps us as well so you know we're all in this together Especially so the this. name of that is say that again minnesota sauces Oh, the Great North Sauce Makers. Uh, you can okay. find a uh, sign up to it on our website, lostcapitalfoods.com. We'll share some you know, notes and news from each of the meetings on like uh, an email blast that goes out. And we'll get Zoom links out to people. This is for anyone who wants to turn the hot sauce they've been making into a product that could sell on their web store or in stores. Or people who are chili growers and have never made hot sauce before at all, but really want to kind of dabble in that. We want to just kind of have fun doing that and bring that whole community of people together. I was just going to say through all of this, we've really come to know and experience the Minnesota food community with, uh, with our work with Sogan Valley farm, with um, our collaborations with a number of breweries, clutch falling knife. It has allowed us to be a part of this community and it really is. Everybody just prefers to collaborate. It's been very nice. Anastasia's doing obviously multitasking. Yeah. She's going to jump um, with the baby for a second. Luca. Of course. He just wanted uh, to sign in. You guys have been great. I really appreciate you joining me for this episode today. And I hope other people will reach out and get advice from you because when you start a business, you know, it's all about who you know and talking to people and finding unique opportunities and creating your little stamp on whatever it is that you're in in terms of your marketplace so that's really cool yeah and i mean especially this year it sounds seems like a crazy time to try to start a business with how uncertain everything is but but there's still people out there who want to get awesome products in front of in front of our listeners and uh this is uh, kind of an incubator way to to go about building that up continue supporting uh, your local craft makers and local craft beer brewers uh the community needs it for sure yeah, and a lot of us are cooking more at home, so it's giving us a little more connection to some of our foods, right? Right, absolutely. We uh, we certainly have been taking full advantage of our CSAs this year. <laughs> yeah, me too. So thanks for being a guest on Makers of Minnesota. It's Lost Capital Foods, capitalfoods.com. Yes. Yeah, and if you're, in, if you're interested in the Great North Sauce Makers, you can reach out to DJ through his website. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Bye, Anastasia. Bye.
lostcapitalfoods.com. Yes. Yeah, and if you're, in, if you're interested in the great North sauce makers, you can reach out to DJ through his website. Awesome. Thanks you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye Anastasia. Bye.